Our world is full of confusion and perversion when it comes to the subject of love. If you want to understand true love, you must come to know the God who is love. Join Scott Pauley now as we dig into 1 Corinthians 13 and seek to go deeper into the love of God. Whenever you find a list in the Bible, it's always very significant. Its order is significant because there's a logical progression, but there is a divine revelation or unveiling of truth in it. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you find one of God's great lists. It is a list connected to the love of God. Now, we're talking about this more excellent way, the greatest thing in the world, the love of God, what is commonly referred to here as charity. And we've learned, first of all, that it is so great and more excellent because of the necessity of this love. But today, I'd like to point out to you in the heart of this chapter, it is also more excellent because of the sufficiency of this love. You see, everything that you need to live victoriously in the Christian life is in some way connected to the love of God. Now ponder that just a moment. It is not one thing among many. It is really the whole thing. When you learn the love of God and when you begin to live in the love of God and when the spirit of love sheds the love of God abroad in your heart and you begin to really grasp this great truth, I'm going to tell you what it will do. It will give you victory in every area of your life. It will guide you into the right ways and it will guard you from the wrong ways. That's why all through the Word of God, love keeps coming up as being the ultimate. For example, Romans chapter 13, verse number 10 says, Love is the fulfilling of the law. The law can't do this. The love of God can. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, It is the bond of perfectness. In other words, it's what holds everything else together. Now with that in mind, let's look at love's list today. Notice the sufficiency of it. Beginning in verse number 4, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And then in verse 8, these beautiful words, charity never faileth. There's no end to its sufficiency. Now, if you look at these verses carefully, there are 15 things. That's quite a list, isn't it? 15 things. You should mark them. And you should use them to measure your own heart and life where you are at this moment. Because when the love of God is in its rightful place in your life, this is what it's going to produce. First of all, it suffers long. The idea here is patience. Are you a patient person? When I get impatient, easily annoyed and aggravated, short-tempered with people. You know what it's referenced to? The fact that the love of God is not in my heart and mind like it ought to be. Because when I am thinking on the love of God, bathing in the love of God, it makes me patient with other people, thinking how patient the Lord has been with me. I turn these words around. Suffers long, long-suffering. Sounds a lot like what the Lord is, doesn't it? Do you remember Jesus and His disciples? The Bible says, having loved His own, He loved them 
to the end. That's a picture of this charity that never faileth. Long-suffering to the end uh, with Judas who sold him and Peter who denied him and Thomas who would doubt him. He loved them unto the end. Charity suffers long. Then the Bible says, and is kind. You see, some people are suffering, but in their suffering, they're not very kind. And so, what does the love of God do? It keeps you sweet. It helps you love in the little things. It helps you respond the right way instead of reacting and overreacting to other people. The love of God is kind. Then number three, charity envieth not. The love of God does not envy. May I ask you, do you rejoice when others are praised? When someone else gets promoted? When someone else prospers? Do you rejoice in that? Because if you don't, it's evident that you don't love like you ought to love. Because the love of God rejoices with those that rejoice, weeps with those who weep, charity envieth not. This is probing, isn't it? Number four, the Bible says it does not vaunt itself. Literally, the love of God doesn't speak of itself. Uh, remember, only by pride cometh contention. When I have to defend myself and promote myself and speak of myself and can't talk about anything but myself, it means I love me and not God. It means I love temporal things and the eternal love of God is not in me like it ought to be. Uh, charity does not vaunt itself. And then on the heels of that, it says, is not puffed up, number five. Now you see, vaunting itself, that can be public. That can be external. That's your words. But being puffed up, that can be internal. Uh, maybe someone thinks you're a humble person, but inside you're just always thinking of yourself. On the inside, you're full of you and puffed up. Well, the love of God will let the air out of that bubble in a hurry because it makes you realize that God is everything and you are nothing. It is not puffed up. Number six, the love of God does not behave itself unseemly. The idea here is that it's gracious, it's courteous. You know, we live in a rude, rough, ugly world, don't we? When people are filled with the love of God, they're gracious. They're courteous to those around them. Number seven, it does not seek its own. In other words, it's not consumed with its own rights. It's not uh, consumed with what I get out of this and what somebody owes me. Instead, the love of God is willing to sacrifice. The love of God is willing to even take fault. The love of God is willing to even be defrauded if it means the best for someone else. Instead of being consumed with our rights, we ought to be concerned about our responsibilities. What's our responsibility? It is to love. And then the love of God is not easily provoked. It means that you're not a reactionary person. Uh, you don't live with a quick temper, soon angry, the Bible says. Number nine, it thinks no evil. Uh, literally, this is a, a bookkeeping term. I'm not keeping an account. I'm not keeping books, a ledger of wrongs people did me. Look, be like the Lord. Forget that. Put that in the past. That's the love of God. Then number 10, the love of God does not rejoice in iniquity. Do you enjoy gossip? Do you love criticism? Do you love to hear something bad about someone else? Then you don't love it like you ought to love. You see, when you love like you ought to love, you do not rejoice in iniquity, but instead, number 11, you rejoice in the truth. You love to hear the truth, and you love to speak the truth, and you speak it in love. Number 12, and I love this one, the love of God bears all things. Every trial, every tough circumstance, every difficult person, somebody said, I can't bear this anymore. The love of God will give you the strength to bear up under it. Then the love of God believes all things. It trusts God's love completely. It believes that God is enough. And it believes the best about others too, by the way. 
And then number 14, it hopes all things. Love will make you hopeful. It'll make you believe day by day God is able. We're going to get through this. And then finally, number 15, it endures all things. Every insult, every injury, every loss. And by the way, you don't just endure it with resignation like, well, this is my cross to bear. No, you do so with joy. Love is the cure for every temptation and for every trial. It'll keep you from sin and it'll keep you through your suffering. Love is not the opposite of hate. Love is the opposite of flesh. Life lived in the Spirit is a life lived in the love of God. Now that's why he repeats, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. What is it? This is the sufficiency of the love of God. Whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever you're dealing with today, ask the Lord to make the love of God a living reality in your life. It will be exactly what you need. We would like to encourage you to spend some time meditating on 1 Corinthians 13. We all have much to learn and to apply when it comes to the love of God. Visit us at scottpauley.org to download your free copy of Henry Drummond's book, The Greatest Thing in the World. You'll also find many other helpful resources. We look forward to having you with us the next time on Enjoying the Journey.